Welcome to the Eric from the Block podcast, where we explore the intersection of basketball, faith, and entertainment. My name is Aaron Conrad, and I'm here to introduce your host, Eric Laprati. Each episode, Eric goes on the block to interview guests and explore their testimonies, where the bright light of Christ shines on the lives of athletes, coaches, and fans alike. And now, from his studio on the low block, here's your host and my friend, Eric Laprati. That was... That's quite the process, man. It was going through that whole phase of life. Like I feel like most people do right around the same time I did kind of in their early twenties, early to mid twenties. I mean, that whole phase of finding yourself and kind of finding your new identity. I think that's something a lot of people go through. I think a lot of people, you know, obviously all of us have gone to school to some extent. So I think it's safe to say, you know, a lot of people will go to school, you know, play sports have friends or, you know, whatever their variation of that may be, you know, they were in school and they were part of a club or they had their, you know, their circle of friends within that club. And then all of a sudden there isn't a next year, there isn't a summer break anymore. Like it's just summer and you have to try and figure out what your place is in this world. You know, you have to find out why it is you wake up every morning. You have to figure out what your why is. And that a lot of people go a lot of different ways with that. A lot of people decide to, you know, they're going to dive into their careers and become workaholics. A lot of people decide that they're going to just post up at the local dive bar. And that's, you know, where you can find them at any day of the week. And, uh, some people dive into their families and some people dive into their, their hobbies. And you know, I think it's really important to have a, a, a good understanding of reality, you know, why it is that we're here and why it is that we're on this earth in the first place in order to kind of direct you through that time. Because, you know, I didn't have my identity in soccer anymore. I, I wasn't good enough to play. I I wasn't in shape enough to play. I didn't have an avenue to even try if I wanted to. And so, you know, I really struggled. I really, really struggled. I went through a very low mental health point you know, throughout that time period, because I just didn't have a why. And it turns out, you know, in hindsight, it's always 2020, of course, that my why was always right in front of me. And my why was something that I had kind of turned my back on throughout that time. And that was, you know, my walk with Christ. I, me and you have known each other, uh, according to your mom, since we were very little, but to our recollection, you know, we've known each other since we were in, you know, late middle school through church youth groups. And, you know, I had grown up in the church my entire life. Every Sunday going to church was as normal as going to school was Monday through Friday, but it didn't ever really manifest itself in a personal relationship with God. Like I, I have now and like what I developed during that time period of my early to mid twenties, when I was kind of grasping for a life, life preserver, trying to find something to, to identify with. And it was, it was a very, very revolutionary moment in life when I really leaned into that and kind of started taking that aspect of my life much more seriously because it, it really catapulted me into all these amazing opportunities and other avenues of life and took me down a lot of trails that I didn't ever really see possible before then. So that was, that was definitely something that I had to take upon myself and find identity in was, you know, just my relationship with God and, and things like that. That's awesome, man. Like a lot of people, I feel like get stuck in this, in this loop of like trying stuff 
and realizing, oh, this isn't, this isn't me. And then trying something else and realizing, well, that's not me. And like bouncing around looking for who they are when in reality, dude, like our identity is Christ. It doesn't matter what, what your hobby is on earth. It doesn't matter what you do in your free time, what you do for your, for your job, you know, from, from me, a lowly JV girls basketball coach all the way up through like Michael Jordan, who's the greatest ever play. Like our identity, my identity should be the same as, as his in that our identity is in Christ. So that's, that's really, okay, we're going to edit that out. That's, that's really awesome to hear you say, you know, that's, that's a big foundation. I think of, of this podcast as well and why it's a thing. You know, I, we talked when I first, first lost Emma, you know, you were one of, one of the people I reached out to and you were really help, helpful in getting me through that. And, you know, this whole, whole podcast is kind of a, a way of honoring Emma. So I, you know, part of me really would have felt wrong if I didn't have you on just for that exact reason. And so much of, well, all of Emma's identity, even though she was, you know, an amazing athlete at, at three sports, you know, she was, she finished with 12 letters in high school. Like that's ridiculous to me. I struggled with four. Yeah. I mean, her whole family is, you know, has, uh, graduated with, with 12 artsy letters by the end of this school year and Emma and Jenna will all three have 12 RC letters. It's, it's, it's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I was for proud sure. for my six and two of them were banned. Two <laughs> letters were banned? <laughs> letter than banned because they thought it was a sport. Not me, Listen. but they thought it was a sport and I wasn't good enough in other sports. So darn it, I was taking the letters. So because I don't want to get complaints and negative reviews on Spotify and Apple from my father. Band is a sport. I just got my patch from winning districts in softball last year. Okay. I have not swung a bat at a, bay, at, at a ball, much less a softball, in probably five years. And I think I probably struck out. What other balls are you swinging bats at besides softballs? Well, like a wiffle ball and a baseball. There's all kinds of balls. Yeah, but there's a very finite amount that you're supposed to swing bats at. Not necessarily. I've seen, I've seen baseball players hit at a basketball. I actually, we did a drill for softball. Yeah, that's called recess, Eric. No, we did a drill in a high school softball practice where hit a basketball off a tee. Well, that's anything even for a soccer player. I don't know why that would be a challenging feat. I'll be honest with you. And this, no is, why I don't, this, why, this is why I don't deserve this varsity patch. I don't remember why it was helpful. It helped. I just don't remember what it helped with or who it helped. Like my job as the varsity coach or as a, as a JV assistant coach with, I stood right by first base. And I tell you what, I was the best pointer to second base than anyone has ever seen. No, <laughs> no one points better than I do. You are, you, you have a very long finger. I do, man. God made me, you know, six foot three with long arms. And so, yeah, it was amazing. The amount of people we got thrown out a second. 
No, it's that's great. You could go to practice and you wouldn't even have to bring a glove. Your hands were just that big. You, you walk around looking like the hamburger helper mascot. <laughs> hey, man, that was that. Yeah, I barehanded one in practice and it hurt really bad. Uh, would not recommend no matter how big your hands are. <laughs> I was going somewhere with that. Tribute to Emma. Yeah. Well, varsity letters. Coaching softball. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I'm just making my life more difficult in, in post, but jumping into it. So Emma had finished with 12 varsity letters and that is is mind-blowing in and of itself but her identity through all of that she kept in christ and i think that is really impressive to be to be touted as one of the best players on a team she was going to go to college and play basketball like to have all of that stuff and still be as humble and, and rooted in her faith as, as she was you know that that really changed my life just to kind of see the way that she lived hers yeah, um, and I I think it is kind of the shock of of losing her has changed changed everyone. But like I'm in, I'm in church way more than I was before, and for a completely different reason than yeah. I was before. Like you know, we used to go we used to go to youth group and play in the worship band just to to kind of hang out and play instruments together. Like now, yeah, believe it or not, like, the, the thought process of a, a teenage boy was not as as deep or philosophical as what they now are. Is right the like, elderly like, gentlemen that we are? Yeah. Now we're now going to like build and nurture this relationship, and that that's something that I think Emma was was able to do from from the age that we were going and just being jerks with guitars. <laughs> so yeah it's you know it's really important to me that you say that I'm, I'm really happy to hear it you know just just from someone else and if nothing else if no one else has listened to this episode it's really good to to remind me you know or my identity especially now that i'm i'm coaching every day instead of just once a week with open gyms you know it, it gets to be a lot i mean, just you know the more i personally can hear people say your identity is in Christ, the the better it is for me. And hopefully, you know, that's what people, if, if people don't take anything else away from this episode, I want No, for sure, man. I don't, you know, and that's something I think a lot of people overlook is like, you don't have to be like, you don't have to be in people's face about your faith, you know, in order for them to see that there is something different about you. Like, you don't have to go up to someone and tell them, hey, I believe in Christ or you shouldn't have to anyway for people to look at you and just be like, man, there's something different about him. There's just, there is something about his presence that it's just different. Like he is just so on fire for life. Like he has such a good way of leading and working with these kids and being a positive influence in them. And like, man, there's just something about him. And you know, that, that alone is really all it takes to open the door to 
try and do what it is that we're called to do. And that's spread the gospel as Christians and as followers of Christ is like, man, we're supposed to be disciples out here. We're supposed to be sharing the word and sharing our faith with other people who maybe don't already have it. And, uh, you know, I don't think it always has to be as direct as, you know, just straight up walking up to a person and, and, and asking them like, Hey, have you heard the good news? Like, it doesn't have to be that direct. It, it really does. I believe start with just simply loving people and loving, you know, people as they are, which is imperfect and, and understand that that's the constant reality. And we're here to just try and be a positive light in this world. And, you know, you can only do that if you, you remind yourself or you look at the product around you that you are maybe unintentionally creating by holding this identity in Christ. So. Yeah, man, I, I love it. That's all good stuff. You know, I, I have taken up a ton of your time already. So we'll, we'll kind of start to start to wrap this up a little bit. There's no more else to be, man. We're going to kind of, you know, this is also a sports podcast. So we're going to kind of go into some, some rapid fire. Some of it will be sports. Some of it, some of it will be, um, about a concert that I think we're maybe planning on going to this summer. Um, perfect. So we'll just, you know, we'll just get in and out of these real quick and, and call it a day. So you are unfortunately a Phillies fan, um, correct. Or a, a Philly fan, not a Phillies. Go birds. Like, like go birds and Eagles. I, I have been cursed as a Browns fan. For those of you who have never met me, I have and they're not in Cleveland. <laughs> I, have, I have a random, well, not random. I have an undying loyalty to any Cleveland sports team. And I pray for you. I appreciate it, man. I, I need them all. <laughs> every, every single one of them. But no, dude, the, the Eagles are looking good. They have one of my favorite plays of all time. Yeah. Just because I can, because it's called the Tush Push. You know, I actually prefer the Philly name that it has adopted in the last couple of weeks from the brotherly chub. I love that name so much. I think the, the only thing I think that would make that better is if there were a world where Travis and Jason Kelsey both are on the O-line. Well, whatever Travis gets tired of playing with that weird baby gap model that it's Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and he wants to come to Shelly to play with the, you know, the real men, we can maybe make that happen, but we'll see. So, so when you have some great Super Bowls, Alice Goddard's holding it down for us on the end, so I'm not too worried. Yeah, they're the same. Well, best tight end ever, Dallas Goddard. They're right there together. Yeah, right up there. Can't touch them. So, you know that I tell you this every year. As a Browns fan, I have to pick a backup a backup Super Bowl team because we never, if we make the playoffs, we get knocked out by this, at least the second round. So I tell you this every year as a Browns fan, I kind of have to have like a backup Super Bowl team because okay. we always get, we always get knocked out, you know, by, yeah, really. by, by week three, we're knocked out. So, you know, I've been giving you a hard time this year because my backup team is actually the Cowboys. For me. I, and I, I stand by it. I think. You know, they've had a rough stretch, but I think, I think they're going to be okay. Um, you know why they've had a rough stretch? Because they're not that good and they're overhyped just like they are every single year since the nineties. They're a good no. team. They're a very talented team and they're a dangerous team, but mm -hmm. they have the same issue that the Brett, this is, a, this is my hot take. All right. 
The Dallas Cowboys have the same problem that the Browns have, and that is that they just don't know how to win. I don't know what it is, but it's this weird X factor that you can't really put your finger on. They just don't know how to win the big ones. You know, they can finish the season with a respectable record because they are a talented team. You know, you can't deny the natural talent that CeeDee Lamb and Zeke back in the day and dare I say it, even Prescott has. He's not elite, but they are talented. They're a very good team. They had the best O-line in the NFL for years. But there's just something about them that they can't win the big ones. They can't win the playoff games. They can't even get to the Super Bowl, let alone win it for the last 20-plus years. They're not going to get there, bro. They're not going to get there. ESPN will cram them down your throat all offseason, and they'll cram them down your throat every time they beat some one in five team throughout the regular season about how old this is Dax year and all who or you know, we them boys and all this nonsense. And then every single time at the end of the season, we all sit on our phones and we watch Stephen A. Smith make fun of them relentlessly because they're overrated. I will stand by that and I'm going to have it on my gravestone one day that the Cowboys are overrated. Go birds. Okay. So, you know, I was going to end, end that section there, but we're going to keep going with this. Let's uh, go. I well, will. Again. I told you, I will take this to the point. <laughs> Y'all are getting a little into like, actually it's fitting that it's an October night, but into like a fall night, we're sitting around a bonfire. We're just screaming at each other about football. <laughs> how many how many Super Bowls does Philly have all time? Two of the Cowboys, Philly. Oh, Philly. Okay. Well, are we? Are, well, hold on. Before we go down this road, are we going to ask the same question? Are we going to keep the parameters fair and talk about Super Bowl wins in the last two decades, or are we going to talk about all just time. general championship? Because we can all even all talk if we want to go back into the history books and dust off the pages about old championships that nobody remembers anymore. The Eagles have several championships before the NFL was a league. They had several championships back in the old football leagues before the merger. So in my opinion, that is just as relevant as the 90s wins that the Cowboys fans like to hang their hats on. Then the Browns are a top five NFL team all time. The Browns if we want to go, have, listen, I'll, like, I we're doing that. It's it's an either-or situation. It's an either-or conversation. And that's what the Dallas Cowboy fans don't like to, you know, they don't like to think about it logically. It's like, listen, do we want to talk about Super Bowls that are, you know, have happened since you've been alive? Or do you want to talk about all-time wins? Because in that case, we'll have that conversation. But no, they they wanna they wanna have it both ways. And I'm not gonna let them because I'm stubborn and I'm an Eagles fan. No, it's because you're a Hendorn, is why. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> I I will say I do really like the throwback Kelly Green. I like the the eagle on the throwback jerseys. Yeah, I realize I'm not coming off as a very level headed person right now. <laughs> I think it. Uh, I think they're the best throwback jerseys in sports. They're just awesome. They're yeah, so no, I, they're so iconic. Like everybody has seen pictures of Randall Cunningham in those jerseys. Mean Joe Green, Reggie White, like they're just, they are the coolest freaking jerseys. They looked so good. It, it, that was, I, I mean, I, obviously I wasn't a, alive back when they were actually wearing those jerseys in the eighties. Uh, so I won't talk about all of our championships that happened in that time period, but that's neither here nor there. We can um, talk about the eight 
Super Bowl is the Dallas is busy winning. Yeah, I will. I won't mention how well we were doing that era because it's irrelevant. But uh, I, I think it was so cool seeing them break those jerseys out of the ball. It was very well done. Yeah, it was. It was sweet. Those I think are. I hate to say it, but are kind of my favorite throwbacks. I really like the Chargers, like their navy blue ones. Yeah, but I really like being the the Houston Oilers jerseys again. Those were really cool too. Yeah. I, I kind of like the throwbacks are coming back. I'm just afraid that they're overusing. You know, I, I don't think, want it to be stale. I don't think it's going to be stale. I think it's going to be fun. I think it'd be cool to see. I would even go as far as, I, mean, I think it'd be cool on like some big anniversary of the NFL for every team to play the whole season in, you know, like one designated alternate jersey for like one vintage jersey from their history i think that'd be kind of cool like a whole season everyone plays in vintage throwback jerseys uh, let me let me tell you as a browns fan yeah, there's <laughs> you're naturally not very excited what i'm about to say i think that idea is complete crap so we'll we'll move away from the nfl and we'll we'll talk a little bit of music. We are both musicians, kind of a match made in heaven. I play guitar, you play drums. This concert was very easy. Yeah, thank you. I love you, buddy. This concert <laughs> that, that you sent me is it's like the ultimate dad concert. Oh, I know. And I am I'm genuinely invested. Like if you and if you and, and Tweedledum want to go, I am all in. I think it's gonna be great. I first of all, I hope you know that I will not even be looking at him since we apparently can't be, you know, can't look at each other when we're two feet apart. So a bit of backstory for everybody that is lost at this point. In case you have not heard, the greatest band that has ever graced this earth that goes by the name of Creed is making a reunion tour. They are back, baby. They're taking me higher. We're going to have a great summer of 99 tour ahead of us. I have been obsessed with Creed for about five to 10 years, maybe 20. And I have been dreaming their lyrics through Xbox chat headsets and telephone calls with Eric and our friend John for way too long. So we are code red. They're on tour. We're getting tickets. And Eric spinning off of this is bitter about our friend John giving him the cold shoulder the other day when Eric was probably hiding in a corner on his phone at Chipotle and John being the hermit that he is, came in, grabbed his Chipotle and ran out without even seeing him or saying hi, like a raccoon stealing something out of a dumpster. Now that we're all at the feed. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just Creed though. Like it's, it's the ultimate dad show because it's Creed, it's three doors down and it's Daughtry. Like, yeah, well, it's it's actually a really awesome lineup. The show that we'll be going to is Creed, Three Doors Down, and Finger Eleven. But the tour as a whole is also featuring Daughtry and a one or two other bands I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, Switchfoot. Yeah, and Switchfoot. And there was another one, I think. But Tom, nonetheless, what was, who was it? Tonic and, Tonic and Big Wreck. All right, oh, that's better ones. So solid tour, like top to bottom, really good. I think we got the best three of the group personally. Chris Daughtry is actually awesome. Uh, I got the the chance to see him in concert this past summer at a music festival. 
and he rocked it. He was really, really good. But I also haven't had a chance to see Finger 11 or Three Doors Down. So I think that for my personal taste, we got the best three that we could get. Yeah. I mean, Creed is obviously a must. Obviously. Uh, I, w- I think in terms of the other two, any... Any combination of Three Doors Down, Daughtry, and Switchfoot for me, I think are all three phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll try and make it work. That actually the next day is my sister's birthday, so you know it's nice that we already that I know about it now. And in terms of like, I can tell my sister, hey, you know, you were much less important to me than this concert that might never happen again. <laughs> it's nothing personal, but I will be choosing a band over you. Correct, and. You know, one day I am more than likely going to be the divorced father who can't accept the fact that he's in his mid mid to late forties and is blaring Creed out of his car. I am already that father just without the divorce. Well, whenever that day may come, hopefully without the divorce, you can know that your friend will be here with arms wide open under the sunlight here for you. I hope that you know that that song is just going in my head now. Have you seen, I, I can't, I don't know if it's a YouTube ad. Or yeah, there, it was like their announcement for the tour where he walks. <laughs> where he walks in, yeah. It's a good one. No, but we, we got to make it happen, man. You know that I'm a big music guy. I'm a big, even bigger concert guy. This, this one would be one for the books. I would, I would love to go. Yeah. And you know, the only reason I'm considering it is it's not a metal concert. You know, the last, <laughs> the last, I can't remember if it was on Unscripted or on Eric from the Block, but whatever, one of the podcasts I was on last week, we talked about if I could play guitar for any band, who would it be? It must have been Unscripted. If I could play guitar in any band, who would it be? And I said, Avenged Sevenfold. Well, Aaron didn't know who, who Avenged Sevenfold was. Avenged Sevenfold is a band that I would not go see in concert because you would be like moshing. I'm not oh, really. I'm, I'm too big. I'm going to hurt somebody and I'm too nice. I'm going to get hurt. I will not survive a mosh pit. I don't think you're, you'd be at a huge advantage. No pun intended. You would be a force to be reckoned with. So I I guess I say all that to say, I feel like this is going to be a nice concert. Everyone can bring the lawn chairs. We can bring some grills. You know, it'll be like, if you've ever, if you've ever been to Sunfest in my Vernon. It'll be just like that, nice and chill. I don't think it's gonna be quite that. Have have the bouncy houses set up. Maybe bring maybe bring some hot dogs. Or not hot dogs, but like the cheese stuffed hot dogs. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a must. It's a that is a picnic staple for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I thought we were going to a concert, not a picnic. But you're the one that bring the George Foreman. Don't put this on me. What are you gonna cook? I don't know. I'm Wait, you just going to get a little chilly? You figured a blanket would be too cumbersome, so we're going to bring a George Foreman's of the seating arrangements? You know what? I hope you know that now I'm going to. Not only is that convenient, that's a fire hazard, sir. It started as a joke, but now I'm doing it. You were the worst person I could possibly think of to go to a concert with. Yep. Yeah. You were not the first person to tell me that. You will not be the last. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, I am not a fun person to go to a concert with just because, I mean, I have epilepsy for those who don't know. So like, I don't really do flashing lights. I'm not, 
100% sure how much of a trigger it is, but I'm really not trying to find out in a stadium full of people. Uh, not really a fun game of roulette to play. Right. I really want to make sure this gets into the podcast. This is going to be an editing nightmare, but uh, I want to make sure this gets in. So I was, well, I was scrolling through TikTok the other day because I spend way too much time scrolling through TikTok. As and, we all do. Yes, absolutely. And I came, I came across a comedian and he, he was doing a show and somebody started having a seizure in the front row and he did exactly what he should have done. He turned the lights on. He got paramedics in, made sure she was okay. She actually stayed for the rest of the show, which was really cool. But was it Matt Rife? Yes, it was Matt Rife. Yeah, I thought I had seen that. And so the reason I bring Matt Rife up specifically is you were briefly in the same room as him, right? Yeah, my claim to fame is that I, much like the opening scene of Mean Girls, I once let Matt Wright borrow a pencil for me and my, what would have been, what, maybe ninth grade math class. I don't want to brag or anything, but it was a pretty pivotal moment for me. Um, yeah, he, for whatever reason, actually went to our rinky-dink, illbilly high school for like one semester or maybe one nine weeks. Like he was very, very briefly as his family or him and his mom, from what I understand, like moved through Ohio. And I think he then moved out to California shortly after. But nonetheless, yes, I sat right behind Matt Rice. And I once let him borrow a pencil in our math class. True story. Look at you, man, being, being nice to people. I know. I know. If only you could have been a little bit closer friends with them, I could have gotten him on the podcast. And that would actually be a really fun conversation. Yeah, so, I, I added him on Facebook back in that, those days. And so... I, I am actually one of the, like, maybe 2,000 people that he has on his personal friends list on Facebook. Um, I didn't know that. And you best believe I shot him a Facebook invite to my birthday party this past week. <laughs> and I was very disappointed to see him not show up nor respond, but that's neither here nor there. To be clear, I was in the same, the same group of invites. Yeah, if you go back and look at the groups or the like the invite list, he's there. <laughs> I, I love that. That's awesome. That was a little Easter egg I put in there. I was just waiting for one person to notice and nobody did. <laughs> well, now I would say all of our friends are going to listen to this, but if we're being honest, it's going to be our families. And that's probably it. Look that. Yeah. Good old, good old Kev might give it a listen. You never know, though. The government's probably tracking him and he's ready. Oh, he's on lists. <laughs> he doesn't log into Apple Podcasts. <laughs> All right, dude. Yeah, we're we're hitting a little over an hour. I've already taken a ton of time, but I really appreciate you coming on. You know, I think this has been it's been really awesome. All right, so I think we're gonna end end our conversation there. You know, it's it's been really awesome talking to you, man. And you know, you're you're one of my best friends, so this is obviously not gonna be. I'm sure we'll text each other tomorrow and I will text you every time someone tells me about how terrible or good our conversation is. But yeah, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it was an honor to be here. I had a good time. I'd be happy to come back anytime you may want and or need me. So thank you for having me. Thanks, brother. All right. I'll do one last plug um, of my social and then uh, we will actually plug some, some unscripted stuff. So you are, you can go follow me. In the pod on Instagram, there's a bunch of underscores. 
It's Eric underscore from underscore the underscore block 23. All the underscores are just because Instagram is, is dumb. And when you put a space, it puts an underscore. And I didn't notice that. So go follow the podcast. In there is a link to, to the merch. Check out some of the other stores that they have listed there too. You know, it's, there's some really cool stuff given to us through unscripted. Unscripted is kind of the, the umbrella that, that this podcast falls under. Um, and DM me and let's, let's talk about your story. See if we can get you on the podcast. And if not, I get to hear a cool story. I, I firmly believe that everyone's got one and it's, I'm just a vessel to, to share it. There's a, a song that, that says, um, I'm just another beggar pointing y'all to where the bread is. You know, I'm, I'm just out here begging and people are going to come to me with stories and all the glory goes to God. So yeah, keep, keep coming back, man. Send me DMs, send me stories. I love to hear them. I love to read them. Got, I got a couple already in the past week that have been really cool and, and really fun to interact with. Um, so yeah, thank you for, thank you for tuning in and we'll see y'all next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Eric from the Block podcast with your host, Eric Laprati. Please make sure to review, like, and share on all your podcast platforms. Until next time, God bless.